I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that needs 999 coins to evolve. DeFi, before we get started, I want to mention something that uh, we've been talking about for a little bit, and that is since we came over into our own kind of podcast within the GoCast feed, we uh, have been looking at that intro music and being like, yeah, it was great when we were just a segment, but I think now that we're a, a podcast in its own right, it needs a bit of updating. I agree, and we could definitely use an update. So while we go through the podcast today, be thinking about what would you like to hear in our intro and outro music? We'll give more details right at the end of the show. For now, let's talk about the Go Battle League. How was your Go Battle League this week, Fish? It was Little Cup and Oprah Master League, and I did not participate. I didn't do a single game this week. Um, I, I am jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking about it last week how i just started plummeting during mountain cup um i didn't know what plummeting was until little cup came in i was at a peak after the first set of mountain cup of 2783 now i'm at 2246 so that is a 640 point drop oh no yeah yeah and it's it's like I like I said, I, I did bring this up last week that when I was at twenty seven eighty three, like I I was higher than like everyone else I knew at the time. And I was thinking to myself, wow, I might actually be able to say, Hey, I'm a GBL leaderboard player now. And because that's now been ripped from my hands, I now get little pangs of jealousy every time I see legend posts on twitter and on discord and people uh showing their leaderboard spots i'm like that could have been me now i'm down or that like i i don't want to you know i don't want it to be a disparagement of anyone who is at the 22s or lower but for me like just to have been so much higher and now be in this position it's painful I am so sorry yeah <laughs> that yeah. stinks i'm still Thank frozen you. in time from when I hit veteran and then I did like one or two more sets and fell a bit short. I'm at 2462 and I've been there for a while. <laughs> I haven't moved. Yep. So I'm hoping to pick back up now that it is open master league. Not that, but the spring cup spring cup. I will. I'm excited for. So 1500. It's a great league cup and it is water, grass, fairy types are allowed. So just those three types, water, grass, fairy, no toxapex because it would basically beat everything. It would beat all the water mm -hmm. types, all the grass types, and all the fairy types. So that's banned. But we have our PV Poke Top 10. Last week, we did an unofficial look at PV Poke, but now we have, we have the official rankings, which take a lot more into account. And this is what we're looking at. We're looking at Galarian Weezing at number one, which I mentioned it last week, but I didn't think it would be number one. So that's interesting. Yeah. Ferrothorn, Shadow and Regular Abomasnow, Trevenant, Pelipper, Tropius, Araquanid, Mantine, Shadow Mawile, and Tentacruel. Now, Shadow Mawile and Tentacruel were my favorites from last week. So it's good to see that, you know, I was a little right. Like they're still really, <laughs> really good. But Galarian Weezing being absolutely insane in this meta is fascinating. 
Go cast podcast. A little right. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, did take a look at the Spring Cup with Lyle Jeffs on the Palatown PPP YouTube and Twitch channels. Uh, I really liked that despite this being a very condensed looking meta, there's not too many viable Pokemon. I think a lot of them do have play amongst each other kind of like evolution cup where like yeah that was that was like only like 10 viable pokemon there but you know a little bit of energy lead a shield advantage like could flip matchups every which way so um i'm actually a little bit optimistic about this meta uh galarian wheezing abomasnow trevenant and tentacruel in particular are your safest matchups they're the ones that have the most ability to overcome a bad matchup the Galarian Weezing, you're going to want for this meta Fairy Wind, Brutal Swing, and Overheat. That moveset will give it a little bit of trouble with your water types, but it can do plenty of work with the Brutal Swing against like your, your Tentacruels and your Lanterns and stuff. Uh, Alola Ninetales, interestingly, can take out a Tentacruel and a Galarian Weezing in two Psyshocks. So if you want to run the moveset of Powder Snow, Weather Ball, and Psyshock, then you can flip that matchup if you get it locked in. All right, so that's a little bit on Spring Cup. Fish has been working hard on the Spring Cup deep dive and also the little five-minute TLDR recap of Spring Cup. So you can check those out on Pallet Town PvP's YouTube channel. And also just let us know what you're running. We love to hear feedback from people and what's working for you. So be sure to share it out and let us know. I do want to give a quick shout out to SosaFlow, who's a content creator who has uh, been on this podcast before. He, uh, we, we put the call out uh, like to, to tag us on Twitter if you end up uh, leak TMing a, an EV to have Body Slam in Little Cup, and he did it. <laughs> um, I am yet to find out how it did, but he did it, and he made sure we knew about it, and so I want to give him that recognition for that. Excellent. Yeah, Sosa is awesome. Uh, I know he did say that it takes forever to get to dig. So you're oh, yeah. pretty much relying on body slam there. But again, it's interesting. Like I just I saw it in the meta. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, so yeah, interest like again, and it does a lot of neutral damage. So mm -hmm. I find that interesting. Moving right along, we have April 12th through the 19th, Open Great League, Open Ultra League, Open Master League. Normally, that would be the end of it, but we also have the Evolution Cup. The Evolution Cup, think of it as the Middle Child Cup. It is the Great League Cup where only Pokemon that have evolved at least once and can evolve again will be eligible. So the PV Poke Top 10 for this one is going to be coming in at number one, your angry monkey, Vigoroth. Love to see a Vigoroth meta. Followed up, we have Zwilus, Shadow and Regular Golbat, Hakamoo, Shadow and Regular Machoke, Shadow and Regular Dragonair, XL Dusclops, Piloswine, XL Chansey, of course, and <laughs> Chargebug. So a lot of bulk there at the end, which I think is interesting because... A lot of the other picks, the Vigoroth, the Zhwilus, the Golbat, like those are particularly bulky Pokemon. Machoke. But Chansey, yeah. Chargebug, Axel Dusclops, those are tanks. It's weird to think Chansey's a middle evolution. It, but Happiny. So yeah, it evolved uh, yeah. once and it can evolve again. <laughs> it's, it's eligible. 
We're going to see it. You will see at least one Axel Chansey. I remember loving seeing Chansey's when I was playing Evolution Cup last time, because I think for a long time I was running a team of like Vigoroth and Wireless with something else. And like, yeah, that that, uh, that had a very easy time against Chansey. Uh, watch out for the Dazzling Gleam on the Zwilus, but I think Chansey's attack is so low that a Zwilus even survives a Dazzling Gleam from it, which is craziness. Yeah, it's not doing a lot of fast move pressure with Zen Headbutt, Psychic, and Dazzling Gleam. It loses to a lot. Uh, the big things it's going to def- it's going to outlast a lot. Uh, it eventually does beat a Zwilus <laughs> in the one shield. <laughs> eventually but it's all like these matchouts are long these are mm-hmm. long matchups so if you're using chancy if you're using xl dustclops you're probably looking for that timeout to strategy where you let the battle last for as long as possible till it hits the time limit and then whoever has more pokemon at the end or whoever has more hp at the end wins so that's a strategy it is a strategy it's not my recommended <laughs> strategy but it is certainly a strategy Another thing to mention, because, uh, you know, this is turning into Chansey Hour, um, <laughs> a lot of people won't run Dazzling Gleam. They'll actually run uh, Psychic and Hyper Beam because the Hyper Beam gets the same type of attack bonus and it's uh, extremely hard hitting. Uh, it is a low attack Pokemon, but, you know, even on a Chansey, a Hyper Beam can knock out a lot of things, like kind of make the job a lot quicker for Chansey. <laughs> so uh watch out for that like most people i found were running at least psychic but the second move could be either dazzling gleam or hyper beam do you have an xl chancy built fish absolutely not <laughs> um, me neither <laughs> i would too like i'm not above making oh, yeah one. like it's uh, like people it's it's a, a meme to get really angry and upset at people running chancy it's a strategy like you it's up to you to adjust Exactly. So I just don't have a hundo. I have multiple 98. So I love when happening in the egg pool because then I try to get my hundo. I have many, many 98% chances and a ton of 96s. And you just wouldn't do it unless it was a hundo? No, I'm not spending that much dust (laughs) on something that's not a hundo. On a lowly 98? No, (laughs) even if it's a functional hundo, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait. My hundo, a long, long time ago, I had a hundo Chansey, but I evolved it, and I max put it at level 40 for a Blissey, and I put it in gyms. Ultra League Blissey. Let's go. (laughs) So I don't necessarily regret that, because I love that Blissey, but I I need another one. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to touch on for this cup quick before we move it right along? Uh, Just uh, the only other thing that occurs to me right now is that um, I remember getting a lot of good results with Haunter running Ice Punch and Shadow Claw. Or was, uh, no, I think it was Ice Punch and Sludge Bomb because um, Sludge Bomb allowed you to really, like, so many Vigoroths didn't shield my charge moves because it was like, oh, no, maybe it was uh, Ice Punch and Dark Pulse. Because, yeah, so many Vigoroths won't shield the charge move because you're likely to be running, like, uh, two punches or a shadow ball, which it won't care about. Uh, Sludge Bomb will actually KO a Vigoroth plus the Shadow Claw damage. And Dark Pulse is an option for if you want to be able to hit 
Vigoroth and Ghosts. So it doesn't hit the Vigoroth as hard as what a Sludge Bomb would, because the Sludge Bomb has that same type attack bonus. But a Sludge Bomb is resisted by the other Ghosts, such as Dusclops, whereas a Dark Pulse is super effective, enables you to work that matchup a lot better. So it's, it's like, it's not doing the Vigoroth job as well, but it's adding Dusclops to its arsenal. All right. Let's go ahead then and quickly talk about one week in the future. That'll be Open Great League and Ultra League Weather Cup. So that'll be April 19th to the 26th. So peaking way ahead. The Ultra League Weather Cup, obviously in the Ultra League, it is fire, water, ice, and rock. We love that rock type weather. Those are eligible. We don't have the official ratings yet, but I'm guessing... Ultra League Lantern and Ultra League Credilly are going to be really good here. That would be my speculation. <laughs> so that is GBL for the next couple of weeks. Let's move on to our Sylph section. And we are entering the Polkadot Cup. Those first Polkadot Cups are beginning. And we have information for you just in time for your first tournament to start. So I'll give you a quick recap on what the Polkadot Cup is. So this is the individual Sylph Arena Meta Cup for April 1st through the 30th, the whole month of April. The only Pokemon allowed are 100 pre-selected Pokemon from the Bug, Fairy, Field, and Flying Egg Groups. Egg groups are not something we deal with in Pokemon Go, but have a big effect in the main series games. So taking a look at that pre-selected list, we can take a look at the top 10, which we we looked at last week, but it bears repeating. Swoobat is number one. Just going to sit there for a second with it. <laughs> then we have Luxray, Galvantula, Beedrill, Castform, Jumpluff, Dugong, Girafferig, Nidoking, and Samurott. And we talked again a little bit last week. We talked about Nido Queen not being eligible. So Nido King gets his chance uh, to be the premier member of his, uh, you know, of, of that the species, family of the Nido family of his family. He gets to be the one coming out on top. And then we also have our cup stats. So those are the rankings on PV Poke. But we also have some very preliminary, most commonly faced species. And taking a look at that, normal cast form and Galvantula are by far the two most popular picks, coming in at 38% and 35% respectively. We also have 20% of teams are using a Samurott, 18% using a Swoobat, as well as a Jump Pluff at 18%. 13% for Dugong, 12% for Nidoking, 11% for Beedrill, Donphan getting some love at 11%. And then your 10% usage is Luxray, Celio, and Girafferig. So, Fish, you have done your deep dive for the Polka Dot Cup. What are some insights you can give us? Yeah, and I was lucky enough to be able to do this breakdown with special guest Magic Mason, who is uh, one, like one of the most accomplished battlers in America. He's on the Stadium Elite Uh, faction he's a world championship qualifier so i'll be meeting him in japan and uh like we got some good info out of this we basically we we were able to sort everything into groups involving their move sets so normally 
like when you try and categorize the Pokemon within a meta, you tend to break it down into, well, here's your grass types, here's your water types, here's your fire types, etc., etc. Uh, here, it was more about the moves. So for Mason, the starting point was 100% cast form because it is as safe as you can get. Um, not safe as in it will beat everything, but safe as in it will not get walled by anything. So uh, with Tackle, Weather Ball, Rock, and Energy Ball, it has a lot of versatility to be able to take on pretty much everything else in the meta. Uh, he actually recommended adding Weather Ball Normal instead of Energy Ball. And we looked that up. The same type of attack bonus that you get from Normal Weather Ball actually gives it a pretty big difference over Rock Weather Ball. So Cast Form was number one. Galvantula, as you said, number two. Um, I mean, we all have seen what Galvantula can do. Very shield pressure heavy, discharge and lunge. Uh, there's some very glassy Pokemon in the meta, as well as some very bulky Pokemon in the meta. Mason actually suggested Chargebug as a bulkier alternative. It doesn't provide as much shield pressure, but it can take a hit, which Galvantula can't really do. I remember my matchups against Chargebug. I don't have one built. I definitely will for this cup because it is so bulky and it has defeated me on so many occasions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and it's got an interesting move set in uh, Spark or Bug Bite is the fast move. You can go X Scissor, Crunch, or Discharge, two of those three, depending on what you want to achieve with it. X Scissor does give you the ability to bait because it's a lower energy charge move than both Discharge and Crunch. Then you've got your Confusion users, Swoobat up at the top, but there's also Girafferig with its normal typing, resisting like ghost damage, and Oranguru with that same typing, but with a dark type charge move in foul play allowing you to hit the other psychic types which is very very handy for mason it was pretty essential to have a counter user in his squad because of the threat of cast form the counter users are the only things that can really threaten the cast form and the three big counter users in the meta are blaziken donfan and heracross heracross is great I love Heracross as a Pokemon. It's just so tough to come across a great league eligible one. <laughs> it is. really have to be either at an event where it's featured, and I don't know that it's been featured in really too many events, or you have to go to those places. And I went to Florida Fish. I've been, <laughs> I've been to Florida, <laughs> USA, and I only caught like two when I was there. It was right. very sad. It's unless there's an event on, finding the Pokemon you want is excruciating. Like uh, if it's outside of an event, then like it never spawns when you're looking for it. Don't don't even get me started. <laughs> I was, I don't know. Okay, side tangent. When Let's I go. went to Paris for the very first time while Pokemon Go it was existing, I was so excited. I was going to get so many regionals. However, it was during the japanese go fest <laughs> and we had the global spawns for that yeah and i didn't see like a single one <laughs> i was so upset because i went i was so excited it's all i wanted was like the blue shellos or yeah you know the mr mime i was so excited about it and then 
the game just said no. No. Here's a bunch of <laughs> Pikachu with a, some kind of a hat, and I was living. Wait, wait, wait! You got a Pikachu with a hat? <laughs> I guess. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It was so. I don't even remember, but it was whatever the spawns were for that yeah. event, and I was displeased. <laughs> Um, so one Pokemon that I really, really like, as you all well know, is Nidoking. Nidoking is a wonderful core breaker to Castform and Galvantula, as well as being able to beat a lot of other stuff like, uh, your, your Don fan. Like it, it beats a lot of the meta. <laughs> it was funny. Cause like initially when I was talking to Mason about Nidoking, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nidoking's there. It's fine. But then, as we looked at more and more Pokemon, we kept seeing, oh, yeah, it loses to Nidoking. Oh, it loses to Nidoking. Oh, it loses to Nidoking. <laughs> as the stream went on longer and longer, he, he kept on coming more and more around to it, like, yeah, Nidoking, man. <laughs> so uh, the recommended moveset there is Poison Jab, Sand Tomb, and Mega Horn. It does also have Earth Power, which can kind of shake up your matchups a little bit. But I think that recommended moveset is the one that I would agree with as well. There is also the option of double kick, but there are so many things that you want that poison jab, consistent poison jab damage for that I would I would definitely stick with that. I do not have a great league eligible Nito King. Wow. <laughs> like there is just not one that I could even evolve. You gotta keep one of everything. You know this. Yeah, I could evolve this. 98 percent 14 15 15 that could be a thing uh you, it could be yeah we could see we we'll could see. see we'll see it's, we'll see what goes because i'm ready because <laughs> probably not i don't <laughs> like investing resources into pokemon that i know the second i get a better one i'm just going to make the better one mm-hmm However, I will definitely use cast form because I already built that. I used it in last month's self meta mm-hmm. and I like it. I'd like a chance to use it again. And I've built a jump pluff and that's also an expensive Pokemon. So those are ones that these are kind of expensive. <laughs> I want to get my use case out of them. And I do <laughs> have a Heracross. It's very bad. My Heracross, I think when you look at like the stat pro the PvP stat product, I think it's a 94%, mm-hmm. which isn't great. Yeah, because it has nine attack. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um of of the counter users, I actually agree with Mason that uh, Don Fan's probably my favorite. Mainly because like the biggest reason being that it resists the weather ball rock. So your opponent will have to hit you with an energy ball to do any kind of significant damage. I mean, the tackles are adding up, but, uh, and if, so if, that means that if they get the energy ball through, it'll probably KO from there. But having to get up to the bigger move rather than just the uh, throwing the weather balls against the Heracross or the Blaziken uh, does make that an easier matchup for the cast, or a harder matchup for the cast ball. I have a Fampy. Hey. I have one that's what, under, right? um, probably not great. Let's find out together. It is a 4 13 1. So it is um, rank 199, actually. So not that bad. Um, Gets to 1499 CP, which is really, that's what you want. 
if that's yeah. not a clean fifteen hundred, that's really what you want there. <laughs> so the next best thing. Next best thing. So that's actually not that bad. I could I could see myself using Don Fan. I like I like this cute little fan <laughs> fee. I could see myself evolving it. And the last thing I'd probably want to mention is the combination of Jump Pluff and Dugong. Uh, just absolute bulk. Just it's like two sumo wrestlers. You you try and take down two sumo wrestlers, you're not going to get very far. Like <laughs> they they are full of full of chunk. <laughs> chunk. Um, so yeah, that, that could be a strategy of just out bulking your debuffing with the Dugong and just out bulking your opponent as well. I like it. That's more my strategy. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'll not the chancy bulk strategy, but like a dugong jump pluff bulk strategy, I'm in. And a debuff. I I love my debuff Pokemon. So Psychic Fangs is a fun one. You can do that on Swoobat as well. That's something fun about it. You can debuff with Psychic Fangs and then every mm-hmm. confusion just does a little bit more damage. We also brushed past Arcanine, which has Fire Fang and Psychic Fangs. A uh, few prominent Pokemon are weak to the Fire Fang, and uh, it also has Wild Charge as another move, which can like take out uh, a Swoobat, uh, take out like uh, like do a chunk of damage to a to Beedrill. It can like it can hit a lot of things very very hard. All right. Well, I think that is a good amount on the polka dot cup. So be sure that you are in the GoCast podcast Discord if you want to be involved with the Sylph Arena metas. You can join us. Uh, Chris talks about joining the Patreon. It's the $1 tier to join. And then you can be part of our PvP tournaments, which is super fun. This one is starting on April 10th. And it's a good time. So even if you don't make it in time for this month, there'll there'll always be another one the next month. I also uh, haven't congratulated Chris yet on getting back into Sylph. We uh, we saw his name on the list last month, and yeah, yeah, like um, d- yeah, didn't mention it. So good, good on you, Chris. Glad to see you back. Yeah, it's cool having uh, the other pair of hosts involved. <laughs> yeah, um, now we just got to work on Kyle gotta work on kyle (laughs) all right let's go ahead and get into play pokemon so for this we have two events that happened so we have four new worlds competitors let's go ahead and start off with sydney sydney was the regional that was not streamed so no stream for sydney we had to find out through discords and twitters and how everybody was going but we do have the challenge bracket and we have their teams so our winner our champion is agent magic carp agent magic carp ran a team of registeel lantern trevenant noctowl metacham and shadow alolan nine tails incredibly meta team the most (laughs) meta this is the meta that Agent Magikarp ran. Agent Magikarp made it to the final stage, beat Mikey Morgs in the winner's finals, and then faced Rick Flareon in the grand finals. Rick Flareon achieved a bracket reset coming up from the loser's finals. And then, so there was a bracket reset, Rick Flareon Flareon winning that three to two. And then in the reset, Magikarp won three to two (laughs) so crazy taking home the victory so that's 10 back-to-back battles 
and Agent Magikarp won six of the four. So incredibly, incredibly close. If you take a look at Ric Flarion's team, a little different because uh, pretty similar, but a little different. Instead of the Lantern, Ric Flarion opted for Shadow Swampert. Instead of the Metacham, opted for Obstagoon. The rest of the Pokemon are the same. Registeel, Trevenant, Noctowl, and Shadow Alolan Ninetales. I feel like Rick's team kind of dares you to bring your counter user. Because, like, Swampert can... I think on paper, Swamp Shadow Swampert does beat the Metacham in the ones, but it's not pretty. Like, it's taking a lot of counter damage in the meantime. Um, obviously, the Metacham's going to be able to completely out class the obstagoon uh a lot of the nine tails isn't like dominant it's not like trevenant level dominant against the the metacham like if you get through a bunch of counters and a psychic on that thing you can you can flip that match up registeel is weak to counter but it does have that playability back to it like a couple of zap cannons will take out a metacham as well so it's kind of like rick saying Bring your counter users, see if you can make it work, I dare you. I like it. Some other things that I like are a little bit of the spice that came out later. Frandamouse made top cut using a Shadow Machamp paired with Shadow Charizard. So some very fan favorite Pokemon, like your Kanto fan favorites. Yep. And then we can't talk about this tournament <laughs> and not mention Steve. PvP Steve... It's typical Steve. Sweetheart of one of the sweethearts of the community. We all love him. <laughs> Ran, you know, some meta stuff. Galarian, Stunfisk, Lantern, Noctowl, Metacham. Also ran Shadow Alolan Muck, which is the first I've really seen of that Pokemon since it got its shadow availability. And which is a good pick. Good pick. And then a Whalmer. Whalmer has to be at level 50 to use. Mm. So it is a, or close to it. A Whalmer. Yes. Don't know how often it came to matches, but it was on his registered team of six. So congratulations <laughs> to Steve for making the top eight of the tournament with, with a Whalmer <laughs> on your team. Wilmer is a straight water type Pokemon. It's reasonably bulky, but not like super bulky. It's got a stat product of 1953, which puts it pretty much on par with Vigoroth, that kind of bulk. It's got Water Gun, Body Slam, and Heavy Slam. I imagine that he's not using the Heavy Slam very much. In fact, Shadow Whalmer is a thing, so maybe it was a purified one and he was running return. If he was, it's not on the graphic, but... Yeah, they don't denote purified Pokemon on here. Well, they do if it's a Sableye. Do they? So, yeah, so I think oh, if it yeah, were okay. purified, and again, we're looking at ghoststadium.com, Stadium Gaming GG. I'm not looking at the, the official RK9 list of teams, but that's a thing. You could have you could run return on Whalmer. It's an option. I mean, in in a meta where Alolan Ninetales has just skyrocketed in usage, Heavy Slam is a very good option. But how long would it take to get there with water? Oh, hang on, I know this. Uh, it, so it's fifty energy. Pretty sure three energy per water gun. So uh, the 
17. That's a lot of turns. <laughs> That's a significant amount of turns. Well, I mean, it takes uh, 18 for nine tails to get to Dazzling Gleam. So, <laughs> and the weather balls are resisted. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty good nine tails counter. I like it. Steve, bring in the spice. So let's go ahead and close out Sydney and move on to Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne was streamed, took place April 1st to the 2nd, that same weekend. And it was casted by Speediest Chief, also known as Will Dunphy, Two O'Butters, also known as Steven Sanders, Caleb Pang, only needs one name, and then Wholesome Underscore or Jim Lawson. Fort Wayne was a really fun tournament to watch. There were lots of really great Pokemon battlers on the stream. And again, just incredible battles. It was, it felt really, really stacked. We got to see Ilya, who casts in europe and is also known as a judge magic mason did really well hot pocket gandalf the yellow played who's really good just it was stacked there were so many good players here yeah and i've heard people talk about how this is uh, the uh the level of play at this tournament was probably the highest we've seen this season it was crazy but let's take Mm. a look at our top cut our day two tournament and we have a champion with Kimmy Sui, a 14-year-old battler who battled at Worlds last year. Crazy stuff. Our mm-hmm. top eight was nuts. Um I heard recently that it's actually like a scientifically studied thing that uh, your reflexes is one of the first things to go as you get older. So that's probably a a pretty decent reason why we're seeing so many of these really young kids just absolutely taking it up to all the adults is that they've got those young person reflexes. Like uh, I I lose so many battles because like my opponent will switch and it takes me like a good second and a half to two seconds to think about what my best course of action is. And by then they've like built up a bunch of energy and they can flip the battle. But like these kids, they're just like, bam, straight away. (laughs) You switched, they're switched. You switch, I switch. Yep. Also, you know, they don't have, many of them probably don't have jobs and pay taxes and things. They probably have a little bit more free time. That's why I lost the final DeFi of the OCIC. It was taxes. Yes. Taxes. (laughs) Uh, Less, fewer responsibilities in general, (laughs) including taxes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) so i completely agree though our former seniors division the young ones are absolutely killing it top cut was wild uh we had hedonis actual wadage kimisui spicy came back dijon the Jin, arrow uh iron man magic mason like you mentioned uh worked with you and one of the most accomplished battlers in north america as well as trent (laughs) crazy top eight absolutely nuts so Kimmy's journey stayed in the winner side of the bracket, defeated Dijon the Jin two to one, defeated Hedonis Actual three to one, and then in the finals beat Arrow three two. Was incredibly, incredibly close. And what was so heartwarming about watching that grand finals was how the both of them were just smiling and laughing and kind of like joking back and forth. That was really cool to see. Just 
yeah the smiles throughout the entire time they were both i think just so happy to get their ticket for worlds that they uh they were just having a lot of fun up there Mm. arrow is a battler who's also phenomenal and has been going to regional after regional after regional and just not getting the results he's looking for always being up there but like never quite quite getting to that last bit that he needed to to get that world's ticket yes so arrow came through the loser side of the bracket beat iron man beat uh spicy dijon the Jin two to one two owed magic mason which was incredible those battlers those battles were insanely close and then beat hedonis actual in the losers finals very very good battles let's go ahead and dive into these teams our champion kimmy suey ran galarian stunfisk lantern trevenant lickitung noctowl and defense deoxys and just can every single time brought it as his safe swap just safe swap defense deoxys every time and it worked it was so good that's interesting um i guess when you're running Lickitung and Noctowl in your team, it makes it pretty hard for them to counter swap with Trevenant. Because obviously, like, Trevenant will wipe the floor with Deoxys, right? Uh, but if mm-hmm. if Kimmy switches it, having not seen the final, so maybe he played it differently, but uh, I imagine the plan would have been if he was safe swapping the Deoxys and they do come in with Trevenant, then it doesn't matter how much energy the Trevenant has, you come in with your Lickitung or your Noctowl and, you know, you, you get your own farm. And then, and then you know, uh, when Noctowl's at 100 energy, you can start pressuring the Lantern that might come back in on their side as well. So uh, that uh, I'm guessing that's the play. Yeah, and Kimisui, a great battler, had uh, a really good interview in for the winners for the grand final interview and then the champion interview did a lot of thanking his parents uh and his community and all the people that's been helping him so far so that was really cool to see continuing on we also have arrow's team which we love arrow running double ice with frostlass and shadow obama snow also running shadow canto nine tails instead of the alolan variant and then pairing it with some more meta picks of Metacham and Noctowl and bringing that Lickitung back again. So it was interesting to see two Lickitungs in the grand finals, yeah. considering how prevalent Pokemon like Noctowl are in the meta. It seems like uh, people are starting to realize that, yeah, there are hard counters to these things in the meta, but as long as you can maintain the right alignment, then you can still get exactly what you intend to get out of them a couple other teams i want to highlight dijon the Jin spicy ran a surfetched on his team as well as an azumarill so not the bunch of like triple shadow kind of crazy team he with no venusaur so really drastically changed up his team we saw another double ice team with trent running the wall rain and shadow nine tails so shadow wall rain shadow nine tails also shadow swampert so lots of water and ice in that team. But I think my favorite team was that of Magic Mason, who ran the metal, meta staples of Galarian, Stunfist, Trevenant, Alola, Ninetales, and Metacham, but additionally ran Shadow, Drapion, and Tapu Fini together. So that was a really, really fun team to watch play. 
Yeah, that I mean, particularly the Shadow Drapion does not get enough credit. Like uh, a, a crunch from that thing takes Metacham into the yellow, I'm pretty sure. And like it gets to the crunch in 10 turns. Like it's it's craziness. And then you've got the option of Aquatail or Sludge Bomb as your second move. Sludge Bomb just hits like a truck. And Aquatail gives you some really nice extra coverage against uh, things like a Galarian Stunfisk, for example. Yeah, but that is pretty much it for Fort Wayne. If, much like Fish on a Heater, this is a, it just happens at a time when you can't watch, you can always go back and watch the YouTube VOD. They're on the official Pokemon YouTube channel. And they're pretty easy to find if you search Fort Wayne on there. Uh, you'll find both the day one and the day two streams. And they were really fun to watch. So be sure to do that. If you want to go to one of these yourself, we have a lot of events coming up. London, Great Britain is EUIC. It's the only Play Pokemon event happening in the month of April, and it is sold out completely full. If there'll be any updates to that, that will happen on Twitter. But I think it's just sold out for that one. So start planning ahead. Portland, USA, over on the West Coast, is happening May 5th through the 7th. Last I checked, there were about 47 people registered for that one. And Sao Paulo, Brazil, is happening that same weekend. It was capped at 128. It reached its cap, but they added another 128 slots. So that is going to be a really big tournament. I'm excited to hear about how that one goes. So those two are happening the same weekend. And then we have another double event weekend with Hartford and Malamo. Hartford is on the east coast of the USA, May 19th to the 21st. On the first day, over 100 players registered. We're currently at 129. There are a lot of people on Twitter pushing, like, let's get this to the 256 cap. The first step, though, is to get it to 201, which increases the prizing. You get There's higher prizes if you get to 201 players battling. And then the cap is 256. So I'm hoping... For a lot of people to go to this one, I think it'll be really, really fun and just a great experience. So Hartford, USA, May 19th to the 21st, if that's something you're interested in. Same weekend, Malmo in Sweden is happening and registration is also open there. Then in June, as we approach NAIC, we have a huge weekend with three events happening. Milwaukee, USA, registration is now open. Torino, Italy, and Santiago, Chile are all that first weekend in June. So there is not a shortage of events, but we are getting to the end of the season. There's plenty of opportunities, but there's, you know, you're going to start seeing them run out. So be sure if you are interested in going to one of these tournaments to check out Pokemon.com slash compete. That will have all of your information. In the show notes, we also link the Ghost Stadium 2023 Play Pokemon Pokemon Go Tournament Guide. That has all the information there as well and is super handy. So you can check that out in the show notes. I want to mention one more thing about Play Pokemon. It's a brag. <laughs> um, I've been hearing commentary about how Water Gun Lantern seems to have overtaken Spark Lantern in usage in the Play Pokemon series, mainly for its matchups against Galarian Stunfisk and Swampert in particular. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, yep, 
guess who guess who started that <laughs> and i brought that up to to love jeff's on our stream of uh the spring cup and he's like dude you didn't invent water gun lantern i'm like i think i did i think i did <laughs> i don't think you invented it but you <laughs> helped popularize it yeah yeah i think your performance at ocic helped yeah for sure for sure um and then like it it kind of caught on quicker after that like a couple of other people uh made top cut running it and then that's when it kind of clicked with everyone like oh yeah this is actually probably in the current meta a a better option i do have to i want to give a a, 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 some credit to new zealand content creator you say furu who was the one that gave me the idea in the first place and it kind of like gave me permission to do so because like so often you'll be having these conversations of of your you know team building with other very accomplished battlers and uh n- nothing on them but it's very natural to be set in a certain mindset and it takes guts to be able to diverge from the norm and do something different so the fact that he suggested uh, what about water gun lantern I, I just caught onto that i'm like yes finally i have like someone's given me permission someone's accepted that diverging from the norm is an acceptable action here yeah, and always love shouting out our content creators in the community for helping people out. Really good stuff. Let's go ahead and move into our mailbag section. We have two messages, the first one being from Albelso, talking about team building for limited metas. Uh, they write, Hi! I just wanted to say thanks again for answering my question about the play Pokemon tourneys. I participated in it today and had a great time doing much better than I thought I would. You inspired me to join GoCast next Sylph tourney. Yes. Let's On the go. next PVP. Let's go. On the next PVP corner, I was wondering if you and Fish could discuss some of your approaches to team building for those limited metas. That's something I have always struggled with in the past. So first off, so excited that you're going to be in the GoCast Next Self Tournament. It is going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. And yes, I also struggle just in team building in general. Mm-hmm. So my honest answer is I look at what other people are doing. I go to Polka.Cup resources and I go to the cup stats and I look at what people are running. I will pr- sign up for practice tournaments in other servers like Flash for Everyone or just practice tournaments and girls that pvp is tends to be what i do but there's lots of servers out there that do practice tournaments we're, we're trying to get them up and running in palatown we we want to make it so that people can can ask for on-demand practice tournaments whenever they want cool so be on the lookout for that yeah and then i look at who won and I look at their team <laughs> and I think about their yeah. team. So I'm very much not the trailblazer when it comes to team creation. I'm pretty good at select when I have my team being able to well utilize it. But in the actual team creation, it's a lot of taking a look at what is currently popular, what are other people running, and kind of balancing between just picking the top six of what other people are running or thinking, huh, maybe I can bring this one to counter that. Like, oh, normal cast form's really popular. What if I bring in a counter user? That kind of thing. Yeah, and that kind of blends in with what I was going to say, which is like one thing I look at is that 
you've got kind of two options, which aren't binary options. It's kind of more like a scale, which is bringing the meta and countering the meta. So if you look at, say, the usage stats for Polkadot had Cast Form and Galvantula at the top. Now, uh, your team building could fall somewhere on the spectrum of making sure you've got those two and all the other most popular picks, or you could really focus on just picks that are specifically designed to bust up what everyone else is doing. That was, uh, sorry to bring up OCIC again, but yeah, that was kind of. No, you're not. Uh, no, I am. I don't, no, I don't want to. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to be a guy who, who keeps on, you know, referring back to this one moment, moment of glory I had. It's just, there are so many things that we can learn from that situation. And that, so that's why I bring it up again. Um, that, that was my, part of my planning process for for that tournament was just busting up all the things that everyone else was bringing and i I brought like of the top six pokemon i think i I had two of them in my squad and the rest were designed to core break that everyone else was bringing uh so that's one way you can think about it there are other factors that can go into your decision making such as a lot of people will start with a central core of two or three Pokemon that work really well together and then kind of build out from there. Because yes, you have to bring six Pokemon to the tournament, but you can only bring three Pokemon into each battle. So the Pokemon that you bring have to be able to work well in groups of two and three. So I hope that answered your question. I'm sorry we can't give a, this is exactly how you team build kind of answer because that's not how we do it. But definitely look around at resources on YouTube as well. Uh, Pallet Town and, for example, PVP Steve, who we brought up earlier, all do really good team building and meta breakdowns of the limited metas. So definitely use your resources there. All right, then let's move on to our next message from Christian. Uh, They write, hello, friends. I'm a newer listener to the show, and I love all the content. It's making me get into Go Battle League a lot more. I've actually hit ace rank for the first time ever. I know you guys didn't enjoy the Little Cup, but I'm using a team of Bronzor, Cottony, and Skaroopy, and it's doing damage. Thanks again for all the help and love the podcast. I'm glad that you enjoyed Little Cup. Not everybody should be curmudgeons about it like (laughs) Fish and myself. So it's good that people enjoy things. I'm not against people enjoying things. It's just not the one for me. I'm really excited about Spring Cup, though. And congratulations on hitting Ace Rank for the first time. That's a huge achievement. Yeah, for sure. It's wonderful. I'm really happy for you, Christian. And I I hope you don't stop there. I hope you begin the long journey from ace to veteran. It is a hard journey. It took me a long time to get there for the first time. Um, some, some people <laughs> do take to it very, very quickly and they, uh, they manage to climb that rung of the ladder <laughs> pretty early on. But I think more often than not, it is a very hard slog to the next step so hopefully you enjoy that journey and i think it's just about time to start wrapping up the podcast but we have a few things to plug and we have to talk about the intro and outro music so fish why don't you start off with some achievements from the pallet town community so in pallet town pvp i want to give a shout out to blairstoys who hit veteran three floyds who hit number 54 on the global leaderboard and Athena, who hit Veteran the earliest that she's ever done so. So 
So well done to those three. Do you have anything going on in Pallet Town? Uh, not not much new to discuss. We did have the we closed registrations for the Ultra League draft competition, and part of if you've ever done like a draft in fantasy sports, a big part of what makes those drafts fun is working out a very creative way to determine the draft order. So a lot of people will like uh, like hold some sort of competition and the winner of the competition gets to select the order or they'll uh, assign each competitor to like a horse in a race or, or a car in the Formula One or something like that. What we ended up doing was I picked a previous WWE Royal Rumble competition and randomly assigned each battler in the competition to a competitor in the Royal Rumble. And as each competitor got knocked out of the competition, that determined that battler's order in the draft until the overall winner of the Royal Rumble got pick number one. <laughs> Very cool. So again, be sure in the show notes, we have those more fish and more DeFi E250 links. More the Pallet Town information can be found under fish's uh, link. So be sure to check that out. One thing I wanted to plug really quick is I did stream. I did Twitch. I had so many technical issues, but I I eventually got the stream going. I did. I picked up my Pokemon Violet main series game playthrough that I hadn't touched in three months, but having a great time. I got an Annihilate, the new evolution of Primeape, the ghost fighting type. So I evolved that. I've got a Tinkaton. I am rocking and I'm getting really close to uh, kind of the end of the story. So that's really exciting. I'll be working on that. And I also really want to learn like VGC. I want to learn the online TCG game, the trading card game. So there's a lot I want to do with streaming kind of with Pokemon in general. And also getting back to Go Battle League now that, you know, there's the Spring Cup option available for me. So be yep. sure more DeFi 250 to check out when I'm going live. Uh, congratulations for, for getting back into it. And I hope you can, you know, make it a regular thing. That brings us back to what we were talking about at the start of the episode, which is the intro music. Like we said, we kind of thought that the intro is a little bit too minimal for us being our own podcast now. So we wanted to kind of put it out there if there's anyone out there who like likes playing around with music maybe they've, they've got audacity or they've got like uh you know access to um some music so they compose music themselves then uh we, we'd like you to get in touch um hit us up on discord or twitter the links are in the show notes under more fish and more DeFi. if you can come up with something and and send it to us if we think it works then we will put it as the new intro music and outro music to the show. And maybe we'll feature a couple different ones before we settle on the one that we like. We could feature a bunch of different things throughout the weeks. But there are some rules. (laughs) We do have some fences for you. It has to be family friendly. That is a must. The other must is it has to be copyright free. So what you send us can't be a remix of Katy Perry or something (laughs) like that. It needs to be copyright free music. I have the tiger. Yeah. 
no eye of the tiger, <laughs> none of that. So I'm also wary around actual like Pokemon music. So using like the Pokemon theme song. So that's something to be careful with. And give it some space if you're going to compose it yourself. Give us space to say something like, you're listening to PvP Corner, part of the GoCast podcast. Uh, we could probably record that part, but just give us enough space to say that. Looking forward to seeing what we get back for this call out for the intro music. If you have any suggestions for myself or DeFi, then you can direct that to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number and the PO box address. You can also click on more fish and more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll see you next week.